The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. The award-winning podcast that's never won an award. It's like if a camera flash had a sound. Join the conversation on our social media. Another fun-filled and exciting episode. You're listening to Just Some Podcast. And here's your hosts... Ben and Tom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. And this is Ben. Tom, how's it going, man? It's going pretty swell. A little sore. Got a new nifty set of tattoos and in the healing process. And I'm not one of those guys that's all super tough. When a needle is stabbed into me 70, 80,000 times and jams ink into my skin, I find it to be painful. <laughs> uh, it's not so bad now, but it's just kind of like a minor sunburn. It's just annoying. But getting over that, a little excited about the tattoo itself. So. But it does look pretty nice. I got to give you credit for it. Yeah, thank you. Still got to go back and get it colored in. I uh, got an entire half sleeve, so it's going to be a little work. But that long in a tattoo chair was also not ideal, but it is what it is, and it's great work. So I'm not going to complain too much. How was your week? My week's been pretty good. Not too terribly much going on. Just getting caught back up from vacation and seeing a bunch of patients and doing what we do. You know how it is. Well, well, you see the patients? Well, yeah, don't you? Well, no. I just uh, have another doctor tell me what's going on in the room. I make a random guess at what's going on. I run around circles yelling, and then we cut to commercial. Oh, wait a second. That's a bullshit medical show. So <laughs> I think I think I gave away what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Yeah, you might have just given it away a little bit. But hey, that's okay. Yeah, so uh, I guess we usually do the intro to the show a little later, but just for those listening, this is going to be another fun episode where we sit back and riff on inaccuracies and other shows and what we've seen and what made us laugh and what made us just scratch our head. Yeah, we had decided, you know, we'd done a couple of uh, very in-depth, deep, um, very serious episodes, you know, with our opioid epidemic episodes, for example, and... We needed to break up some of the tension, and so we thought, let's make fun of television. Yeah, I could not agree more. And there are plenty of medical shows to give us some fodder, so why not? And we will cover all of those. Matter of fact, we had a lot of people comment on some of our social media because we shot it out there for people to give us some examples, and they did not disappoint us. As a matter of fact, I think we got so much feedback on this one, I can't possibly use everything it's it's going to be hard to narrow it down because we decided we're just kind of going to start talking and let the uh, episode run where it runs so 
But since we know what we're going to be doing, and we talked about social media where we got our feedback, Ben. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. You can email us and tell us all about some of the medical stuff that you've seen on television shows that was bullshit. Admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tom, how else can I help the show? Well, first, on all those social media sites that you just listed, they can give us ratings and reviews and help out the show that way. Also, they can go to our webpage. They can click on the Amazon affiliate link. It's free. It doesn't cost them anything. It takes them right to the shopping. And then you just shop as normal. It doesn't cost you a thing, and it helps out the show by giving us uh, a bit of uh, monetary incentive for you using our affiliate link. So we would really appreciate it if you would do that. Absolutely. So I think we should start off with some of the stories we missed. Well, let's jump into that then. This was the one that you had wanted to do last week that I audibled out of, and so I wanted to make sure that we get it on here, and because it is a very serious topic, and it's going to be a topic that we're going to cover on the podcast at some point. But the World Health Organization has listed vaccine hesitancy as one of its top 10 health threats facing the world in 2019. Since 2009, the number of philosophical belief vaccine non-medical exemptions has risen in 12 of the 18 states that currently allow this policy. There are other countries that do have anti-vax movements, including Australia and Italy as well, which is what has kind of led the World Health Organization to come out with this stance. So just in case anybody's wondering what the 10 health threats for 2019 as per the World Health Organization are air pollution and climate change, non-communicable diseases, an influenza pandemic, fragile and vulnerable settings such as droughts and famines, antimicrobial resistance, which we've talked about several times, Ebola and other high threat pathogens, weak primary health care, and vaccine hesitancy. Jeez, I wonder why. It's almost like we have preventable diseases that are going to spread and kill people for no reason. That wonder why that would be on the list of terrible things by the World Health Organization. If only there was a way to stop those diseases from occurring. Yeah, good thing Big Pharma isn't doing anything besides making conspiracies and anti-vaccines. I, I don't get... I, I don't think I'm ever going to get the thought process these people are having, so I'm not going to try. I'm just going to say I think it's ridiculous and maybe move on to actually a second story you may have missed if you're ready. Go ahead, sir. So a couple days ago, a nurse practitioner was found dead at the parking garage at the Medical College of Wisconsin. She had gotten off her shift apparently – and was found bleeding profusely and frozen in the parking garage. They haven't really released a lot of the other details, but they are ruling it absolutely as a homicide at this point in time and are starting the investigation. I know we've done an episode on workplace violence. Yes, we have. Maybe we – I know we covered You know, always have a plan, know your surroundings, etc., Unfortunately, I guess that means anytime you're coming to or going from work, if you're anywhere near the campus, you're going to have to have that shield up. And I just hope this is a, a warning sign to people that 
this is a legit concern, and they need to be aware about it. Well, hell, Tom, I think even depending on the community, I mean, obviously if you're in you know, Chicago or someplace like that, your chances of running into people who would want to do you ill harm because of something that you did or didn't do as a, a nurse or as a nurse practitioner would be relatively low. But, I mean, in smaller towns, I mean, you know, how often do you walk around and see patients that you know or bump into somebody? And obviously most of the time it's not a big deal and it's not a bad thing, but there's always that chance that it could be somebody who you've pissed off because you wouldn't do whatever, and now they're going to take that chance to, to cause you harm. Well, we also covered that case uh, in primary care. He was attacked and killed for not prescribing narcotics. I mean, again, I, I don't want to beat this horse to death. I'm pretty sure I did that well enough in that episode. But, but, but you know, when people are dying, I, I'm willing to beat that horse a little more, you know. And I don't – I'm not saying everybody needs a concealed carry. I'm not saying they do or don't, you know, have to take, you know, Krav Maga – but for God's sakes, have a plan and know what to do if the situation arises. So let's just leave it at that. And since we're trying to have a fun episode, let's jump into the fun episode. Let's get into it. So we did throw up on our Facebook page and on some of our personal social media looking for stories that people found in medical shows or movies that was just horribly inaccurate. My wife is a nurse. But I think she can suspend her medical knowledge enough to watch shows and it doesn't seem to bother her, whereas I'm the one sitting over here going, that's not right. That's not right either. Nope. That's bullshit. (laughs) And to an extent for the story, my wife, you know, respiratory therapist, I think we both can suspend it to a degree. But some of the stuff we're going to talk about I just sat there and was like, no, no longer. I cannot. It literally, I know it was bad on one of the shows. We might as well say it now, Grey's Anatomy, that we're going to talk about here in a minute. I was not even a nurse yet, and the young lady I was dating at the time was watching it. And I asked like three questions. I was like, well, is that? That doesn't seem right. You know, to talk. And finally she was like, are, are you going to watch it? And I'm like, nope. And I stood up and walked out of the room. I was like, I can't take this shit. And I'm, I don't know anything. And now I look back and I'm like, yep, I was on point on that one. <laughs> and we are going to go in depth into some more of the shows that are grossly inaccurate. But I did want to cover some of the ones that were thrown up on, on our Facebook page and my Facebook page. Oh, of course. So Anne-Marie had made notation of... There was apparently an episode of Homeland, and I have not watched the show. You had told me that you have. It's on Showtime, I believe. Isn't that what you were saying? Yep, and it's actually fantastic. Well, it may be a fantastic show, but they might need to do some, some medical uh, consulting. They had a blood pressure of 95 over 100 on the monitor. Well, <laughs> I'm just going to I'm gonna throw out there, unless they have figured out a way to make the heart pump in reverse – which I don't think is going to be very helpful. I think somebody just typed in some numbers onto a computer screen or something and made that pop up. That See, but to me, while I think that's ridiculous, I think that's ridiculous because I have direct knowledge. I think that's one of those things I could probably overlook. For the, I would go bullshit, but I could like overlook right. overall for the rest of the show because it's not a medical show. You're not going to like – 
stop watching the entire show because of that. No. However, related to that, and I don't remember the exact show. Mm. Um, so, I, yes, I, too, got multiple responses uh, on on this for ideas or things people have seen. One was the IV monitor or, yeah, the IV pump uh-huh. was beeping like it had a heart, you know. <laughs> and, and they kept looking at the IV pump and they're like, why are they looking at that IV pump? And then she realized that the sound effect for the heart monitor was – being attached to the IV pump. That's so I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if you have that. Even if you have like a QT monitor, I'm like, no, that's not how that works. So that was that was pretty interesting. I, I think one of the funniest ones was from Heather, who was talking about House. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that in a particular episode, the person got a brain-eating parasite from a ham sandwich. Now, there are parasites, or or particular a parasite, a a flatworm, that you can get from uncooked pork, but (laughs) ham, primarily ham, and ham is just a cut of pork, and I understand that, but sandwich meat is pre-cooked, so it's not impossible, but that's pretty unlikely that you're going to get. The funny ending to the story was is her sister was watching it with her, and to this day, her sister will not eat uh, ham sandwiches because she is so deathly afraid of catching a parasite. So I was like, hey, that's that's pretty funny. I mean, it's not funny that this woman has PTSD now from ham sandwiches because those things are delicious, but it is it's one of those things. But it should also go – I guess in a way to point out to some of these people, Hey, you know, some of these people watch these shows and they think this is gospel. Like you did your research. So true. Maybe, maybe that's something they should talk about. And I got a, I got a whole bunch of the basics, like the things we were expecting, like shocking in a systole. Yeah. I had several, like actually, yo, oh, yeah. yo, he's like every show that jumpstarts is systole. Now for our non-medical uh, listeners, there's only two shockable rhythms that you can shock, and that is V-fib or V-tac. Assistily is basically when the heart is just laying there, not doing anything. There's no electrical conduction, and therefore shocking with electricity is not going to do anything. Yeah. If I had a uh, rare steak on my plate and I zapped it, it's not going to do much. So, yeah, I think it's it's a convenient mechanism for the writers. People know that flat line is bad, and so that means death, and this shows them doing something, no matter how wrong it is. It just it, – it's it's like the industry standard, I think. But the flip side of that, people taking it as the gospel truth, if they see a sisterly on a monitor when you're coding somebody, then they're like, well, why aren't you shocking them? Well, because it's not going to do anything. Yes, and unfortunately, while I know there's that debate whether family should be in the room during codes, they shouldn't be in the room during codes, that's one of the many reasons I don't like a lot of family members in the room during a code because that's the stuff you may end up dealing with while you're trying to do the code. Uh, Upset family members not trusting the multiple people and the years of experience in the room over something they watched on an episode of television. So that's one of the problems. And then some of the other stuff we got a lot of, at least I know of, was like the IV spike that's supposed to go to the bag taped to the wrist. Yep. Like it's IV. Um, 
overwhelmingly popular one also, like the Shock of A Sicily, is people being innovative with Yonkers. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's a big hard tube, and so they think, oh, well, that looks close to the same thing. Yeah. There's just a Yonker taped to their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Purse is just laying there. Maybe they just have a, yeah, well, uh, a drool, and they're, you know, it's like the, the dentist, and they're like, <laughs> suction. Yeah. That's a lot of drool <laughs> if you're taping a Yonkers to someone's face. I've seen a lot of drool. I haven't seen tape your face with a yonker drool, but hey, you know, maybe maybe we just invented a new uh, thing for medicine and we better get some royalties and kickbacks. If somebody invents some kind of tube tamer for a yonker that just sits on your face now. So that's not a bad idea, I guess, but it's certainly not intubation. Another one that was pretty prevalent, I'm not going to group all these together, Tiffany and Shannon and Miranda, doctors or the providers on the show taking the x-rays, taking the patient, you know, doing the MRIs themselves, doing the CTs themselves, or all the results that come back in five minutes, which clearly is bullshit. Oh, clearly. So I was, I was going to kind of dive into that more when we started dividing this up and talking about specific shows, but let's, let's go ahead. Yeah. Well, I guess we could start now. I mean, let, let's face it. The two biggest offenders of this that I've ever seen, is House and Grey's Anatomy. Which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start with the big dog. Everybody knows Grey's Anatomy is horse shit, so let's start with that one. Just a second here. Let's... All right. That's the Grey's Anatomy's theme song. We're going to review Grey's Anatomy. So, Tom, wow, there's a lot to do. <laughs> Yeah, so since I don't want to take up the entire rest of this episode on one show, first of all, when I became a nurse, I think that, yeah, this show was already well well known. And I was like, man, there is a lot of doctor-doctor action going on like, in hospitals. Well, all the time. Yeah, I mean, everybody hears that rumor about so-and-so and so-and-so. I get that, but they literally, like every episode, someone's boning – in the like staff lounge or something. Right. I mean, I, so there's that. Also, I would love to point out, first of all, I've never really sat down and watched Grey's Anatomy. I pretty much refuse to. However, the few snippets, parts of episodes I've watched, etc. no nurses. I've never seen a nurse. Yeah. I, I've watched several episodes and I, I'm sure they are, but I think they're more, they play more of an ancillary role than the real role that they, they do play. In a real hospital. Yeah, they absolutely everything doctors do. Doctors draw the blood. Doctors start the IVs. Doctors apparently do the catheters. Ambulate patients. That was one I got from, a <laughs> from I think it was Heather, a PT. The doctors in the room ambulate a patient. And don't get me wrong. I've had some doctors that go out of the way to try and be helpful. And, that, and that's totally honest. There are physicians that will do that. But they make it look like that's what they do. And I'm like, mm, no. Right. Some more specific ones that I'd found, and you've not watched it, so I'm going to – we'll get to hear your your true reaction for this. So apparently there was an episode where they had a young woman arrive with a fork embedded in her neck. So there was a couple of reactions as to how they were going to go about this. What do you think, Tom? Let's, let's step, step into Grey's Anatomy world. What do you think that they decided to do? MRI. I'm guessing I don't even have to fucking let me. That's it. Yeah. Oh my God. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. They decided to do an MRI to, you know, more thoroughly assess this 
Now, again, anybody with any medical knowledge is going to realize that pretty much the second that they walk into that MRI room, it's going to jerk that fork out of her neck and make a hell of a clanging sound as it goes bouncing into the MRI machine. Yeah, never mind the fact now it's going to become shrapnel itself. <laughs> and the amount of magnetic, yeah, the magnetic pull, I think it's going to heat that fork up hot. Like, this is going to be a problem all around. Like, what? So there's no MRI techs apparently either, because how did you get into zone three with <laughs> a freaking fork? It's a, could you imagine? I can't go in there if I've seen them freak out because a girl had underwire in her bra. <laughs> can you imagine there's a fork sticking out of someone's neck? Nah, nah. When I was a tech at one of our local ERs, we had we'd taken a patient over to MRI, and as we had gotten the bed a little too close to the machine while it was still powered on. And I was getting trapped between the bed and the MRI machine. That shit is powerful. Like you, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah. Those there's actual YouTube videos of them picking up whole beds. Or if there's like someone through, I, and I'm assuming it was an MRI they were getting rid of and they were just deciding they could test it. I don't know, but a wrench, like they're like, oh, what if someone was in the room working on something? A wrench starts flying around. I mean, nah. I don't want to be. I've seen entire beds or pictures of entire beds that have been picked up, sucked into the machine. Okay. There's no, no. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, okay, that's a pretty good one. I've never heard of that one before. But as soon as you said metal fork, I was like, yep, yep I know where this is going. So we have lots of gonorrhea and chlamydia, apparently, because you know they're all. Oh yeah, they're all rubbing uh, ugly parts together. Yes, um, and common theme. I've seen multiple times, and not just Grey's Anatomy. Of course, I think it's the worst offender, but just because you're a doctor, that means you can do everything. I was watching an episode, and the physician is doing a shoulder surgery, like an orthopedic surgery. And I was like, isn't he a neurosurgeon? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so why the fuck is he doing orthopedic surgery on this dude's shoulder? So apparently, just because you're a surgeon, that means you can do literally everything. Like once you go through med school, apparently in, in TV world – Everything's open. Everything. Everything's open. Any other – there's one more I want to touch on with Grey's Anatomy. Is there any other ones that you know of for Grey's Anatomy specifically? No, because I hate that show. So, okay. no. so The other one that I want to touch on is one that we've, even, we've mentioned before when Andy was on, the LVAD wires. Okay. So, has a patient, decides that she is going to cut – his LVAD wires. Um, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you know, I mean, they would pull her license quick. Oh, you think? Hurry. But yet she's continu- She's allowed to continue her uh, medical career until her character's written off the show. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. So no wonder people have so many questions when a doctor comes to the room or a nurse practitioner comes to the room. They think we are just walking around snipping wires on people's heart pumps and we're still allowed to be around oh god and apparently and i don't i didn't remember this but i'm kind of when i'm looking through it she was trying to expedite his name up the donor list by cutting the elvad wires again probably not the best way to handle that wait a second doc uh so they have a life-saving elvad in yes and your plan is to just kill them so that they'll go up the le- – like, she knows that's not how it works, right? Of course she doesn't. She's a TV doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's just 
Okay, I'm. I don't even want to talk about Grey's Anatomy anymore. All right, let's, that show. Let, let's uh, move into our next one here. Just a second. So, so go ahead. Oh, I was saying, do you have some music queued up? I do have music queued up here. So that's the theme song for House. Oh, see, okay. So House is one of those shows to an extent I can minorly I and I've only watched a few episodes, so let's let's be upfront about that. But I was able to minorly divorce my brain from accuracy for the show because even though it's a medical show, I understood it was about that character. Right. So I truly enjoy House. It's actually on Hulu now, and so my wife and I are watching every episode of it again. So, I mean, I yes, we're going to bag on it for some of the inaccuracies in, that are portrayed, but I truly do enjoy the, the the actual show itself. And I can suspend my disbelief long enough to, to watch those episodes. But see, with a show like this, and again, it's a, it's a similar, it's a big offender on Doctors Do Everything. Yes. I understood it's about him being snarky. What in the name of Press Ganey would happen if that guy if that guy really was let loose on a facility? But I guess that's the thing I wish patients or non-medical personnel could see from my side is less about the outrageous amount of testing and all that stuff or his uncanny ability to diagnose some one in four million shot by – smelling their urine, right. you know, like some crazy shit like that. It's people are like uh house. If you stab this guy in the leg to get a blood sample, you know, in real life, they're like, so first of all, you're going to get arrested. And second of all, you're going to lose your medical license, but they just brush it off. Like, Oh, well he was right. So all's forgiven. Yes, no, I agree. So some of the other things, like you said, the physicians do everything. Not only that, there are, at least in the beginning, there's four physicians to one patient, and that's the only patient that they have for the entire time. Granted, they're a quote-unquote Department of Diagnostics, and that does not exist. There's not a such, there's not a specialty of diagnostics to go into. Um, isn't that what we all do? <laughs> yes, pretty much. The amount of testing that is done, I mean, this, these patients are going to have to get a bill for at least... A quarter of a million dollars each time. I mean, it's got to be just an astronomical amount. Not to mention the fact that every patient codes at least once during the episode. Yeah, there. Uh, could you imagine being like the person that has to track all that for the hospital? They're like, "Wow, you guys are a damn train wreck!" Like every patient you have dies, comes back, and apparently has some kind of weird bot fly fever. That has only been 12 cases ever recorded. How did they end up here? Where is the show set in? Is it Seattle? Like No, it's uh, New Jersey, I believe. Oh, well. That makes a lot of sense. Right? Uh, I would say I don't know a lot about New Jersey, but it doesn't sound like a place I want to go. So there's that. I just uh, – yeah, I, I like the show because, like I said, the character is funny. And I try and forgive it for that. But when you see – like you said, four doctors per patient – concierge level care they draw the blood and they walk over to a microscope and they start analyzing i'm like 
nah, <laughs> nah, it's that. Mm. So, like I said, pretty funny. I do enjoy watching it sometimes. I enjoy the sarcasm, like you said. And yeah, that would be hell on Preskini's gorgeous, particularly when he works at the clinic, the little like walk-in clinic thing that they do. Does he do that through the entire show? I'm up through like season five or six, and I believe for the most part he does. It, it becomes less frequent, but I mean, he's still a snarky asshole throughout the entire. Well, and so that's what makes the show because the show would just be shit without that or how mean he, I mean, I understand there are some really rough attendings and stuff on, on residents and interns, but my God, he, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's something. I'll tell you that. That's and Tom in all of your extensive medical training that you've had through nursing school and nurse practitioner school and now as a provider. How many patients' homes have you broken into? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero. Um, so um, well, I guess, yeah. and we're going to run across this with another show, but this is where we cross it to the double whammy of law enforcement and medical bullshit because I will tell you right now, they won't care. Uh, yeah, you, you can't break into someone's house no matter how great an idea you think it is. And I do – now that you say that, I remember that like in an episode. But like, like I said, I've only watched a couple. Yeah, it's Oh, he does it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably every episode. I would – What are they looking for? Uh, anything environmental that could potentially cause the weird-ass symptoms that the patient presented with. So basically he's an allergist. <laughs> or, you know, they find out that he has an – African tsetse plant and therefore was bitten by the African tsetse fly and <laughs> that is clearly what has caused the symptom. Oh boy. Well, I mean, I guess that explains a lot of it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, see, you know, so, and, and I'm not trying to be a, mo- a TV or movie critic here, but that just, uh, that bores me when it's like, oh, he's got something really rare. It can only come from one thing. Oh, what do you know? He has it. I'm like, uh, that's kind of a lazy way to write, I think. And, you know, you mentioned limping earlier, so we would be remiss if we did not cover the grotesque Vicodin usage that occurs throughout the show. Yeah, but unfortunately to me, while that is, like you said, grotesque, there's no show Nurse Jackie where, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what the show is about is the patient. They have that. Unfortunately to me, I'm like, that might be one of the more realistic a provider that has a drug problem seems way more realistic than him being able to diagnose, you know, bone cancer by smelling their breath. So <laughs> I'm just saying. No, and I, I don't necessarily disagree. That certainly is a possibility. I tried to find like estimates on how much they estimated that he would have taken a day. They were estimating uh, anywhere from about six to 12 pills a day. Well, no wonder he thought it was a great idea to break into someone's house. And then in the very first episode, even, when he's working the walk-in clinic, there's a hypochondriac. He writes a prescription for hydrocodone, takes it to the pharmacy and fills it himself, switches out the hydrocodone for mint, and gives the mints to the patient and pockets the hydrocodone, which clearly would – yeah, you're, you're looking at all kinds of problems there. You don't say. So the break-in into people's houses, we can forgive. But <laughs> the pain medication, that's one step too far. Exactly. Don't you forget it. <laughs> well, since since we talked about 
that unless you do you have any other specifics no i I mean i said i do enjoy the show and i'll continue to watch it and suspend my medical knowledge while i watch it but you ready to jump into the next one i know you want to just bash the hell out of this one Uh, yeah here we go All right, Tom, let's jump into reviewing The Night Shift. Okay. So uh, <laughs> let me let me wipe the disgust from my face for just a minute. So this show and a couple other shows, I'll, I'll say I kind of lumped them all together. I think this is the most egregious offender by far. Literally, if you've never watched it and you want to laugh at what is clearly supposed to be a drama, watch the very first episode of this show. It is – horrible i mean just <laughs> jesus christ it's it's disgusting it's so bad i mean other nurses i know we would dvr this show and watch it as a comedy and like text each other about it the next day because there were so many like it, it's it's just that terrible so let's just take a few things from the first episode or at least as i remember from the first episode first of all this is a rare triple whammy on both military, medical, and law enforcement, there is that many inaccuracies. They found three genres to screw up in one episode. You're going to do it, do it right. Don't have oh. it. Oh, yeah. They whole-assed it three times. So, basically, it literally starts with... It's. Oh, sorry. I was... Uh, <laughs> it is available on Netflix, in case anybody's wondering. Sorry, I was I was looking it was on Netflix and then it pulled up. So <laughs> I was like, you just give me some random background chucks there. <laughs> so let's start off with the first thing in the first episode is a sheriff walks into an old fashioned cell, not even like you know a legitimate jail cell, just some shack with like a bar on it. Apparently, yeah. The sheriff couldn't be any more prototypical cowboy hat, you know, sauntered backwards. And he's just like, all right, boy, get on out of here. I'm like, okay, whoa. So first of all, they are in Texas. So, (laughs) so white Stetson. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure even in Texas, you have to like appear before a judge or so. Again, not going to say that's impossible, but let's be realistic that's okay that's happening so you don't even know what he's charged with or anything like that he just walks out gets on a motorcycle so apparently the deputy's valet parked it for him that was good that was that was totally nice of those guys he is driving to work comes across some kind of accident i don't know what's going on there are some paramedics on the side road and a guy with a tree branch that's approximately three to five inches in diameter transversing his entire thoracic cavity and the paramedics just look at him and are like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a doctor. So they just start doing whatever he says. I'm like, oh, no. And then they literally are basically – they look at him and go, we don't know what to do. Okay. So I know we have some paramedics that have listened to the show. I have never been a paramedic that even <laughs> if he doesn't know what's going on is going to just look at somebody and go, I don't know what to do. Fake it till you make it, right, Tom? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I oh Lord. So somehow, somehow they get out of that debacle, get him to the hospital where he just walks up to some kind of cart 
takes a scrub top off. I mean, just some random scrub top laying around at a nurse's station, changes, and then a baby is wheeled in. I'm like, wow, this place is really busy. <laughs> baby is coding. <laughs> Paramedics are again holding the BVM approximately four inches from the baby's face, not bagging either, if I remember correctly. And like, it's not breathing. I'm like, probably because you're not putting oxygen. I mean, could they at least just put the mask touching the face before they made that medical mistake? And that is literally just the first couple of minutes. And then it leads into flashbacks, which PTSD is legit, and I would never make fun of that. But apparently he is remembering, I want to say Afghanistan again. I don't remember right off the top of my head. But they make it seem as if every person in the ER was in the same army unit in a war zone. And I'm like, that is impressive that an entire ER staff is in there, except for they all were different MOSs. So there was a couple of doctors. Uh, the main character was a ranger and all this other stuff. And I'm like, wait, that's not how – no. They're, he's a ranger yeah, he's a ranger doctor. Yeah, Dr. Ranger. Um, I'm like, wow. So in literally 30 minutes, you have screwed up a complete military, medical, and law enforcement situation. It, it was impressive. And that's, like I said, the first episode. I mean – So do you think whenever they were all deployed overseas, did they just have to close the hospital, you think? Well – I mean, they were all over there. So – Questions abound. <laughs> Apparently at this – this is a level one trauma center that doesn't have surgeons. Okay, that's – yeah. Yeah, or if it does have surgeons, it only has like one available apparently. So the ER doctors have to go into surgery. I'm like, again, no. And I don't mean just regular surgery. Like they're like doing spinal surgeries and all this other stuff. In another episode, they fly the doctors out to the scene of an accident and I'm like, and I think Australia actually has a flight service with physicians and MPs. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, that part's not the far-fetched part um, in America it is, especially when he's on duty as an ER doctor. I don't know any ERs that are just going to release those guys, but he flies out to the scene. It's a car wreck. He crawls into the sunroof, never touches the patient, is upside down and looking backwards at this patient and it's like, he's has an eternal decapitation. That, my friend, is an impressive diagnosis to make by looking at someone sitting in the backseat of a car. Maybe he brought his x-ray goggles. You know, and <laughs> maybe. And I, I, I guess my my feeling is, is when you watch shows like House, the dialogue is funny and witty. Uh, when you watch shows like ER, there's enough realism, or at least the way I remember it again, that's a show I haven't watched in quite a while, but you know, they actually had ER physicians on the writing staff, right? Yeah. You know, so they couldn't make it hundred percent accurate, but they tried to at least, he may order the wrong dosage of medicine, but he would say the right med or I need a CBC and a CMP. Oh, okay. You know, there, there was enough accuracy. Yeah. yeah. There was enough accuracy. You could stay up with the story, but on night shift, it's pretty much reckless abandon. Like uh, he's, they're supposed to be doing a uh, part of a, a study, and he is just randomly putting patients in it that he thinks needs to be in it. I'm just the entire thing, honestly, is a calamity. And well, it's 
It's the night shift, Tom. Oh, yeah. Because, there are no rules on the night shift. Well, let me tell you, I I was a night shift. I was a night shift ER supervisor. And I'll tell you right now, not that I had some kind of immediate sway over physicians, even though they would come to me and be like, hey, I want to run this by you or what do you think? But I'll tell you this. The first time I'm like, you absolutely can't leave the ER and fly out to an emergency you know, accident. And they just left. I'm pretty sure there would be something done. I'm just saying I, I have a good feeling unless they were a specific part of it, some kind of uh, specified response team. Was this the show? Because I didn't watch a whole lot of this show. I know you and – And you shouldn't have. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, was this the ECMO one too or was that a different one? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't remember the exact setup, but basically a guy – I think an elevator somehow fell on him, which that alone should tell you. Ow. Yeah, but I'm just – the whole logistics of an elevator falling on you partially, by the way. So they decided to bring an ECMO machine – to the scene so that he doesn't die when they relieve the pressure of the elevator being on him. So if you're not really familiar with what ECMO machines are out there, the listening world, it's, well, it's expensive. I I know I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. You know, it oxygenates the blood externally from the body and it does a bunch of other stuff. And in theory, it sounds really great, but you know, you're probably talking a million, million and a half dollars for this machinery there's not, and not only that, there's not like they're extremely mobile. That's another thing. Like you're not going to cart this thing down a parking lot. So let alone load it onto something and wheel it over into a scene. It just, I don't see what the problem is, Tom. I mean, maybe well, they had a portable ECMO bypass machine and they were able to just take that like a, like a portable vent. Yeah. Well, it's, oh. Well, they might as well have. They might as well have. I mean, he can diagnose somebody by looking at them. So there's that. Oh, and then do their spinal reconstruction surgery uh, by himself because they can't apparently at a level one trauma center get a neurosurgeon. So because I, I think he was on like a like vacation, like no no coverage. Maybe he was deployed, and that's why. They, oh, they had- oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, he was also deployed with them. Jesus Christ, that show! Seriously, if you want a good laugh, I'm not even doing it justice. Like, if you just want a good laugh, watch the night shift. And unfortunately, honestly, I do remember one like kind of like oh, like it worked out the way it was supposed to, but it had nothing to do with medicine. They just basically asked this surgeon, like, why he wanted to be a surgeon, and he just talked about his childhood and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, that's the one endearing thing I've ever seen in this show. And then immediately back into horse shit. Like, uh, they had – and I'm not saying that these don't exist in ERs, but he was playing with something in a lost and found box. And, of course, the one nurse – I think there's one nurse – was like, oh, that's the things that we pull out of people's rectums. Now <laughs> – uh, I am not saying I have not worked in an ER where we haven't removed something from someone's rectum, but we sure as fuck didn't keep them around in a box at the nurse's station. <laughs> Why not? Well, it's because like I didn't feel like juggling that day. So, Like your trophies. Yeah, trophies? Yeah, I'm pretty sure if the public found out we were keeping that – first of all, I don't remember keeping any of it, to be completely honest. Second of all, even if we had kept it, I'm pretty sure – Hospital admin would throw – they would shit a kitten if 
they found out that was a thing. Like, uh, that just, it is terrible. So in that same vein, now that I just thought about that, there was another show and I, and I don't know if you watched this one. It was called Monday mornings. No, I didn't watch it. And it didn't last long. I remember because yeah. I was looking for a theme song for it. And I couldn't even find that. That's how bad it was. <laughs> well, and it sucks because like one of my favorite actors is Ving Rhames. Oh my God. I love that guy. So he was one of the doctors and somebody comes in and he literally shines a pen light in their eyes and he turns around and I remember the I remember specifically the line was something like a bomb just went off in this person's head and rushed him off and I'm like what what was the diagnosis and how did you diagnose it with a pen light like I don't know <laughs> what kind of magical pen light he has but it's just funny to me that people believe that there are doctors out there and I'm not saying that there, are, there aren't physicians that aren't the top of their line and maybe they could go, Hey, I have a good suspicion based on what you're saying. This is what it is. But realistically, that's what we all do every day, you know? And I don't know any of us that would be willing to go out on a limb and say, this guy is having a hemorrhagic bleed in the side of his head because we shine a pen light in their eye. Like I understand the symptoms. I understand what people are going to say, but it's not this clearly definitive Take him to surgery. Like, first of all, Chucko, I'm pretty sure the neurosurgeons go want to know a little more about what's going on than the, the ER doctor shining a pen light. So just the native and start cutting. Oh, yeah. Just just get to work because I don't need to know what's going on. It's a brain, right? I can just root around in there like I'm shuffling around a jello shot and uh, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah, that should work. So, I mean, I'll get off. I'll get off some of the main shows. I've seen. I've seen a couple other stuff. Oh, there's a show called New Amsterdam. I know. I was telling you about this a little bit earlier. I have not watched it yet, and I don't. I don't even think it's on the air anymore. I think it's already off the air too. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Where's uh, where's goddamn Sam the producer at this episode? Huh? Is he taking a little hiatus? Ninety-seven percent of Google users like this show. <laughs> um, um, know, it looks like it's still on. Oh, it is. Oh, well, wow. I, like, yeah. The next episode's on two. Uh, yeah, two five nineteen. All right. Well, so let's let's throw this one out there. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about this for a second. So, very first thing I ever saw it again. I I don't even think I made it through the whole episode. Is they hire some like thirty five year old doctor to be the new chief medicine CEO. I don't know what the hell they're calling him. I'm like, yeah, no, lots of hospitals are going to do that right off the bat. He calls some kind of meeting where everybody has to attend, like screw you. If you had surgery plans, you got to be at this meeting. So the entire medical staff provider wise is in this meeting and he fires the entire cardiothoracic cardiopulmonary and interventional radiology team. Like one fell swoop, gets rid of the entire thing. <laughs> Because that's going to work well. Oh, yeah. Because lots of hospitals can operate with zero cardiology coverage. Oh, my God. And that's – so that's – I guess that's one of the things like this episode, what cracked me up was the very extremes. You have House going, hey, someone taste their pee to see if they have diabetes. And I'm like, well, that's a little far-fetched, but – You should lose the that. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, compared to what we have now for tools, like, right. I'm just like, okay, far-fetched, but it's in the story. And the rest of the dialogue of the episode is just, 
it's witty and everything else. I'm like, okay. Even Grey's Anatomy, which I hate and is a terrible offender of medical knowledge, is really a drama that they use medicine as the vehicle. It's a soap opera, right? Yeah. Yeah, but these these other shows, it's like I I think they just Googled medical terms and then just started using them. There's absolutely no way that anybody with any – like I don't even think they got like a tech off the floor to read through a script to to be like, no, like no, no, doctors are not in their wiping ass. Like it's not a thing. So we focused on a lot of shows that were grossly inaccurate and we kind of covered some of those. There was two that kind of stood out as far as – at least for their times, being pretty medically accurate. One of those being ER, which was a great show and, like you said, had physicians, consultants routinely. Also, and this is some knowledge I found out, um, the guy who wrote it, Michael Crichton, actually was a trained ER physician. But I guess he has not – like he stopped practicing like late 70s. So, I mean, that's why they went over some stuff. They're like, yeah, he, he had some basic knowledge clearly, but he was like far out of date on procedural work. Second, ER was actually written as a script for a movie, and Steven Spielberg, I believe, is the one that they were pitching it to. And he said, you got so much stuff here. This really should be a television show. Like you're you're missing the boat if you don't make this a television show instead of a movie. And that's actually how ER came about. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's got a, a decent medical pedigree. Doctors on staff, they took the time to make sure that, you know, a doctor wrote it. I, I, I'll give them a thumbs up on that one. That they were holding tools correctly and they were pronouncing words correctly. And, yeah. But the one that really stood out for most any of the research that I have done looking for medical inaccuracies, there was one show that everybody said was – the most medically accurate. Yeah, I, I purposely went out. First of all, I want to point out that when we were getting listener feedback, zero people mentioned scrubs. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Zero people came and said, well, I saw this and it wasn't it. No. Zero people. Now, I am certainly not saying uh, Scrubs is a documentary style it's comedy. Not? Yeah. It's not, not the way things work. <laughs> what? No, no, but I will say some of the things I heard in that show, I have literally said out loud before repeating. So – it was a joke for the people that understood it. Like one of my all-time favorite – first of all, Dr. Cox may be my all-time favorite medical character ever. Like, I can see that, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's my spirit animal if I had one. <laughs> but there's a – I think it's the first episode and JD, who's the main character, wakes him up to get – <laughs> some knowledge on dosing Tylenol for a patient. And he's like, listen here, princess, in the future, you tell them to open their mouth and you throw pills at them. And what sticks in their mouth is what they get. One of the funniest things. And and I laughed. I laughed when I first watched it. But again, I started watching it pr- either prior to nursing or right in the beginning of nursing. But it's also on, or it was on Hulu or Netflix or something like that, and I started watching it again. Oh my god! When I watch that again now, like looking back, I right. 
I literally had to like pause it because like I was rolling on the floor. There, there were times I was watching them talking about stuff. It was it's simply first of all the writing is fantastic, and again like House like ER, it's set in a hospital and it's the delivery vehicle, but it's not the show. Versus, I think that's I think that's maybe why these newer shows are missing the boat. Like they're trying to be like, oh, we're a medical show and it's a drama. I'm like, nah. You need to back off thinking you know everything about medicine. And Scrubs, I think, was clear about that. Scrubs was very clearly, hey, we're here to have fun. We happen to work in a hospital. And they did have some legitimate stuff that, I mean, like you had said in earlier episodes, you know, they would say, oh, well, we would need to consult with an ophthalmologist or whatever on this. And it would be like a legitimate thing that would. Specifically for me, there was one, and I did not even realize this was a thing until I saw it on Scrubs. And of course, like I said, when in my career I saw it was hematopathology. That's that was it. Yes, yes. We need to go see, and it's like dum 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 the hematopathologist, and I'm like, what? Like that's what are we talking about here? And sure, shit, you know, it's legit. Or there was actually a really sad episode with. Well, it ended sad with Brandon Fr- uh, Brendan Fraser. Am I saying that dude's right name? Right? Brendan. Yeah, and he's talking to him now. Granted, I'll give him this isn't the most accurate thing in the world because they both like give each other this look. But he starts mentioning all these symptoms he's having, and they're like, "Man, it sounds like you have leukemia," and he does. But it's like, wow, you know. I mean, it wasn't. They they actually found out what the symptoms were, I guess. It, they took that extra step versus the night shift, which would be the guy passes out, JD takes his pulse and goes, he has cancer. I'm like, whoa, how the hell did you get to that? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And when I researched for this episode, apparently the guys from Scrubs would routinely interview physicians to get information on cases and things like that so that they were sounding – legitimate so they kind of went that extra mile and it shows i'll be in the comedy yeah just like when turk uh sutures his initials <laughs> into jd oh <laughs> uh, if uh donald Faison, i think i said his last name right or zach braff or sarah chalk or any of you guys ever hear the show just so you know you guys literally like that's probably my favorite one of my all-time favorite shows period not medical shows like Favorite shows, period. I could watch every episode of Scrubs again and totally enjoy it. So that's that's just awesome. I think they really hit it out of the park. And so I just want to – I'm going to go ahead and throw this – I'm going to cast this die for the show right now. If you try and ever email, message the show or something and say, well, Scrubs sucked or something like that, I'm just – I'm going to shit talk you – so harsh on the next episode. You might as well just block us because I'm going to be, so don't do it. Uh, this is a scrubs empowerment zone. And <laughs> this show is full supportive of scrubs. So uh, don't bother wasting your time uh, writing anything bad about them because I won't hear it. No, sir. I said, good day. On that note, you can find us. On social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. Our website, www.justsomepodcast.com. Emails tell us you love Scrubs too. Admin at justsomepodcast.com. 
And I know what you're, you're looking at me, and you want me to finish this up, but I'm going to say it again. Don't trash talk scrubs, okay? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Hashtag, we love scrubs. Hashtag, shut up if you hate scrubs. Like, that's it. There you go. I, I like them. Um, I hate Grey's Anatomy. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a wonderful show for somebody, but it's not for anybody that has, you know, common sense or night shift. Jesus, that night shift, night shift is a train wreck that got videotaped and they put actors in front of it. So there's that, but scrubs, scrubs is beautiful in every sense of the word. So there you go. That's, that's where I'm leaving it. All right. So I don't know what we're going to do next week. We wanted to have some fun with this episode. And I think we clearly did. And we even got a Tom rant at the end of it. So, hey, it was a great show. Limited cussing. I try to keep it toned down. Yeah, I think you only said the F word like nine times this time. <laughs> well, I tried to rein it in when we were having all those serious discussions. And I was sitting here crying. So I was like, oh, my God. This is terrible. This oh, this is dragging. But now this episode, now we're getting back to our roots. <laughs> cussing, making fun of things. I like uh, this. This is where we're at. On that note, I don't know what we're going to cover next week, but I'm sure we'll find something fun and interesting to talk about, right, Tom? Let's do a whole Tire Scrubs episode. No, let's not. (laughs) I don't know what we'll find, but I am sure I feel confident in our ability to find something. So, yes, we will do something fun and exciting. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. Join the conversation. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week. All right, everybody stay safe out there.